Hello and welcome to the Fall in Love with Your Life podcast. My name is Paulette and I'll be your host for this podcast. Um, In this podcast, I'll be sharing a lot about my personal healing journey over the last three years. Um, From being in a relationship to not in a relationship, from living in the United States to possibly not living in the United States, um, and to really healing my relationship with women and men and um, really feeling safe enough to have a community. And so I'll be sharing about that journey here and I hope that we can connect in some way or another and that you enjoy these episodes. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Fall in love with your life. I'm so excited to be recording another episode. And I'm also just a little bit nervous to be really honest because I've really been sitting with how I want to share this. Um, part of my story, um, and I'll just keep going, but I just, I just feel nervous. So I just want to put that, put that there, put that out there so that I'm not holding on to it. Um, and so I just stay really conscious and present with what I'm sharing. Um, I'm allowing myself to feel nervous and to feel vulnerable and to really be seen in this, um, even though I'm not doing it to be seen, I still feel safe enough to be seen, if that makes sense. And maybe throughout my sharing, that'll make a little bit more sense. Um, Because before I did really need to be, did really felt like I needed to be seen to be validated. And I no longer feel that way, which is why it's been a little bit less nerve wracking (laughs) to share parts of my story. Um, Just because I... I'm not sharing from a place of a victim mentality. I'm not sharing from a place of um, needing people to fix me or rescue me or not reject me or not abandon me, right? Like, I started doing those things for myself, and now I feel like I'm coming from this really clean and open space where I just want to make it safe for myself and for anyone listening to this um to really feel seen in your own story right you don't need to be seen by me physically or vice versa right we can see each other through our stories or through us seeing other people's other people sharing their stories it's like a mirror for us to see ourselves and really create some safety for that right because i think it's not it's not it hasn't been normalized to have these conversations um, you know, on a random day or when people ask us, how are we doing? Like, it's not part of our cultural norm to share what we're really going through. And I realized, um, a few years ago that that was causing a lot of, um, things being put under the rug and, a lot of things that just were, were being unsaid and everyone felt it, you know, like, I don't know if everyone feels it, but every, I felt, I felt like everyone could feel it. There's this tension, there's this energy, there's this 
weirdness um, or it just feels a little bit surface level when you want to go deeper with the people you love and you care about your friends, your family, right? Like, who is this person really, right? And sometimes we do it with like a best friend, right? Or like a partner, but never with ourselves or never with our mom or our siblings, our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, right? To really deeply see each other. Um, And so part of me sharing is just me feeling more comfortable to do that, right? And it's actually easier to do that on a microphone where nobody's listening, but I know someone one person, two people, you know, that maybe I'm not that close to will listen to or even family, right? But to actually have that conversation face to face and a real connection where you're really, truly being seen and really sharing vulnerably is, I feel a thousand times harder, right? Like it's way harder. And as much as I want to do it and I try to do it and I crave it, it's really hard for me to do that with my mom or my family right like my dad or just pretty much anybody in my family like I it's that part is scarier and so that's another reason why like I really wanted to create this podcast for myself and to just share but because this is me stepping out of my comfort zone in order for me to feel safe having these conversations with people that are close to me that I that I want to be able to have these conversations with but my nervous system is just not ready like my body is not ready my mind thinks it's ready like why not like I should feel ready I know I know all these things quote-unquote right like that's my ego just being like but why 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 like trying to just make so much sense of it instead of like just realizing that I'm not there yet right like I'm not there yet it's almost like diving off of a cert like a like I think it's a board you know to jump into a swimming pool right and then like going to level one instead of level 10 right and it's like you just meet yourself where you are maybe you're ready to start at level one maybe you're start ready to start at level four or seven or ten like right like 10 would be me jumping off of the highest one um to be able to have these conversations with somebody that's really close to me and so i'm just not ready for that yet right and a couple of months ago a couple of years ago this was the 10 for me right like this was a 10 for me and so I made myself I made my way up to that level 10 and then I'm now I'm going on a different on a different journey for a different thing and I have to start at level one right like now this feels like a level maybe six five right like where it's scary it still feels like I'm nervous but I can still show up and keep going um and like try to work my way up to level 10 um so that's kind of like I don't know if that analogy or example made sense but that's kind of how I feel right now um and so I think that was a long a long introduction but I just want to start off by saying like this will be me talking about my healing journey um and not just for me right like I really want to Um, explain it through the lens of empowering whoever is listening hopefully right to keep going or to keep showing up or to um, maybe for just a split second really question their stories about like 
about not being good enough or not being worthy, right? Like any little spark um, that that creates is what my intention is, right? And um, I'm not attached to it. I don't need it. But that's what I would love. That's what's in my heart. Um, And also just another um, like disclaimer, I guess, that I really want to put out there before I share this part of my healing journey, right? Something that's so um, close to my heart, right? Like some things, of course, I'll keep certain details out of the story because I'm not sharing this to talk about my family. I'm not sharing this to um, throw dirt on my family. I'm not saying this from a place of like, my family is bad and look at all the things they did, right? Like, I really want to make sure that that is very clear um, for me and for whoever listens like that. It's just clear that everything I'm sharing will be from a reflection, a, a breakthrough that I had, a realization to see myself deeper and to really understand the root cause of like why I didn't feel good enough, why I didn't feel worthy, right? And even today, like even today, just last week or the week before, I don't even remember, but I had a deeper realization like, wow, I still don't feel worthy in this area or in this thing or this story or or like there's still stuff there of me not feeling worthy and me um, playing small and me thinking I'm not good enough, right? Like there's just more and more and more layers. Um and I used to be going so quick. I used to be so attached to going fast. and like, I just want to heal it. So like, tell me what to do. I just need to heal it. Tell me what book to read. Tell me what I need to do so I can fix this. Basically, that was my mentality. And so now I'm just kind of going at a slower pace. And I'm slowly realizing deeper truths. And I'm integrating them before I move on. Like before I even make space to look at it, right? So that story that I had last week of just not feeling good enough um I'll talk about that right but it was just the the short little tiny part of it it's just that now I'm making friends right like I'm getting out of my comfort zone I'm starting to share on this podcast like I'm going out um and meeting new people and I realized that I try to like it's it's still hard for me to to show up fully to be present to listen to um, hold space to not be in my head to to not be in my head right because that's what I do and I realize I'm still trying to protect myself I'm still trying to think like maybe this isn't safe like and it's unconscious right like those are not the thoughts I'm having but. I just realized, wow, like it's still this thing, this part of me that doesn't feel worthy. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I sat with it. I was upset. And I just, you know, okay, I see it, but there's nothing I really need to do about it now. It's this new awareness. So it's just paying attention. Um, And so I wanted to share that part because that's the context I'm sharing this entire healing journey from it'll be some things about my mom some things about my dad some things about my sister some things about my brother some things about my previous partners right um 
and it'll just be like how it helped me see myself, how it helped me see myself, how it helped me see myself, um, and why, you know, like what happened to me, which is the perfect um, segue <laughs> to this final piece I want to share before I go into the story, right? Um, there's this book called What Happened to You? And um, it's by Oprah and Bruce Perry. So it's a converse, it's conversations on trauma, resilience, and healing, right? And so this is everything I've been um, diving into the last couple of years. And I actually just started reading this book or it just came, it was just released a couple of months ago, I think in March or April, something like that. And I already knew a lot about my um, stories and my beliefs and all of the stuff around not feeling worthy. But um, this book really, really, really helped me um, have more of a language for it, like a very um, structured language for it. And so I wanted to read one part of it, which is called Adverse Childhood Experience Survey. So there are 10 categories, 10 uh, sections or questions, basically, and you answer yes or no, right? And out of those 10, it will tell you pretty much a scale kind of on like how much what really happened to you and how those experiences shaped you and what we need to heal it almost gives you just this like uh permission to see that it's not personal right like for so long even up until recently even after i read even before even up until sorry even up until i read this book and this section specifically i felt so much shame for um uh just thinking that it was my mom's fault. Like some part of me just didn't really resonate with that, right? Like as much as I had certain experiences with my mom and all these things that I'll be sharing about, um, there was a part of me that just felt like I get it. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Like I see my mom as her own person, right? And I think that's actually one of um I want to say almost like a gift because I didn't know before that having this feeling where I just feel really neutral about things sometimes um I thought it was bad I thought it meant like I don't feel I should be feeling more things should make me more sad things should you know just make me like I should have more feelings and a part of that was me closing my heart and trying not to feel right. And that showed up as anger and sadness and so forth. But there was also a part that really did feel that neutralness. Like life happens. Like uh, my mom was the way she was because of X, Y, Z. And I would read books that say, you know, like, you don't, you know, your little, your inner child doesn't want you to justify that, right? Like your inner child had a certain experience. And even though your logical mind can make sense of it, um, that five or six or seven year old can't. And I agree with that. And even at that age, I remember just 
being sad like why can't my mom love me like it didn't make sense to me I was like what is wrong like I almost just had this feeling like what happened to her like why why is it so hard for her to love me like it just was it just almost didn't make sense to me and that was how I coped with things as well like trying to make sense of things like that's how I would protect myself um by just finding a logical reason oh she can't love me because xyz oh she can't blah 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 um and so I when this when I read this book it really gave me permission to see that I experienced certain events that um a lot of people experience right it's almost like just a cultural thing it wasn't really a personal thing and that was so um profound in the moment for me to it gave me permission to really tap into those feelings of sadness and grief and feeling lonely and feeling like I wasn't good enough and just this uh in this confusion on why and how and just like really trying to make sense of everything which also now I've learned that I have a defined head and that's a human design thing that I'll dive into later as well because I've just been so um intrigued by it and I want to share um but and so it was really helpful for me to know that I process everything like I have a defined head which just means that my mind is basically always active and always trying to make sense of things um and that's not actually essentially what it means it there's more to it but that's one of the things I realized is that that's how I've just always made sense of things and the reason I even share that is because that just created again this permission this safety for me to think oh that's just how I am there's nothing wrong with my brain trying to make sense of things like it's the way that I am and it's also a way that I protected myself and if I just like I don't need to stop doing that and I also don't need to use that to protect myself and so again it's like this feeling of feeling less alone right I felt like I didn't have to blame my mom for me to tap into that grief and that sadness which was a block that I was having like I couldn't go there because there was a block of like but if I go there that means I'm blaming my mom and like I don't I never want her to feel like that I'm blaming her because I'm really not and um so yeah that's just the context for this um survey and I really thought it would be really great to read them how they come out just because if you see yourself in this you can maybe order this book or um just just even have that awareness like wow yeah I did experience trauma and it's almost like this cultural thing right and it's like you can take your mom or your dad out of the picture and just allow yourself to feel whatever you feel for whatever comes up and then like you don't have to think about your mom and your dad um like you don't have to feel guilty like there's another way in where you don't have to blame them right and you can get to the root cause and just see wow I did experience trauma like okay that makes so much sense like that's why I have trouble with this or that's why I have trouble with that like that's why I don't feel like I'm good enough that's why I'm not as productive as I want to be that's why I 
um, struggle with anxiety. That's why I um, like struggle with being motivated to wake up, right? And like these are just or struggle with um, taking care of myself, struggle with taking care of my home. Like, wow, this all makes sense now. Like, it's not me. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just because I experienced these things and it's also not my mom's fault or my dad's fault. And maybe it is, right? Like maybe your truth is that it is, right? But to just be able to see like, wow, I'm not the only one who experienced this. There's other people who experience this and we're all experiencing this collective trauma, right? And now we get to heal collectively as well, right? Like we get to see that this is no longer like maybe at some point this is what we needed to do right to get ourselves from a state of survival right like over the years you know um getting ourselves to where we are today maybe that was essential right maybe that's the only way they knew how to get us here but now we're in a new time where we don't have the same struggles maybe and we can do better and we can try um, because we have the space for it and i really want to talk about that as well because I have so much compassion for my mom, like for everything that she went through, you know, like I have the space, I have the privilege to look at my trauma, right? And so when I look at my trauma, when you look at your trauma, when we look at our trauma, we are giving back, right? Like we're doing it for ourselves, but also for our moms, our dads, our grandmas, our grandpas. Like it just goes on from generation to generation, right? Because this is a privilege, right? If you're even just listening to this podcast, if you're able to have the time to sit with yourself or reflect, like that's a privilege that our parents didn't have, right? My mom was working two jobs. She was so tired. She was a single mom. She had two daughters. Like she was stressed out, right? She was living paycheck to paycheck, like as a single mom, like I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And, um, so I just really want to say that and, and at the same time, right? Like what she did to me hurt, it hurt my little girl, right? When I was five, six, seven years old and I needed love and I needed affection and I needed to be seen and like, I needed to be loved and hugged and, um, just like, uh, like just seen right like just um just so many of these things that I needed right and like my eyes just water at that right because it's it's okay for me to feel that I needed that I did I absolutely did and I was upset that my mom didn't give it to me I was upset I was angry I am still angry and I'm angrier but I'm angrier I'm angrier at life i'm angrier at the culture i'm angrier at society i'm angrier at i was even angrier at god and i didn't know that's what was beneath all of that right that it wasn't even about my mom it was about life like why did they why am i here if this is what i came to experience like why why did you send me here to experience that right like I knew I was sent here, right? Like as a soul, as a as a baby, right? Like I didn't choose to be here. I didn't, um, I, or that's what I thought when I was little, right? Like I didn't choose to be here. So why did I come to this experience and have a mom who can't love me and who can't show up for me and who's unable to 
to really be there for me and see me and like love me um and so that part of me is still there like I'm still processing my anger I'm still like even tapping into it is hard because um for so long we're told you know like don't hold on to things don't be angry like just bypassing and um that doesn't really work right and so I'm still working on that um but anyways I will read these 10 questions and then um I'll dive into um some stories and this will probably be a four part I was thinking four parts I don't know why but um a four-part uh, series of my healing journey because I really want to explain it from different lenses, um, like the lens with my mom, the lens with my dad, the lens with previous relationships, the lens with myself, right? Um, to just, you know, like if you see yourself in those stories, that would be great. And for you to have some context on like, what that looks like for you and filling it in with yours and like oh that's why like oh maybe that's why I feel that way because I remember when I would do that I would listen to people's stories read their thing and see myself in it and just feel less alone I felt less alone and um that alone really helped me get through some of the hardest times right where I knew I wasn't the only one going through these things and so I'll dive into these. So these is, this is if it was prior to your 18th birthday, okay? So number one is, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? Yes or no? Did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you, or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were jumped? Yes or no? Um, number three. Did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touch their body in a sexual way? or attempt or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse with you? Yes or no? Number four, did you often or very often feel that no one in your fam family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other? Yes or no? Number five, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you, or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it? Yes or no. Number six, were your parents ever separated or divorced? Yes or no. Number seven, was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her, or sometimes often or very often kicked, 
bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard, or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife? Yes or no? Number eight. Did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or who used street drugs? Yes or no? Number nine. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? Yes or no? Number 10. Did a household member go to prison? Yes or no? Okay, so based on these, you'll either have one or zero out of 10 or 10 out of 10, right? And when I did this, I had seven out of 10. I won't say which ones are yes or no, but when I saw that number, I immediately started crying, right? Like, I felt so seen, like, wow, that's why I'm the way I am, right? Like, that's why that that's why and it wasn't this judgment it wasn't like for the first time when I was looking at these specific things right like the things I was trying not to look at because I was feeling guilty for looking at them because I didn't want to uh see my mom like put that on my mom right like there was just this guilt and it just gave me this permission like I don't it's like it's, it wasn't about my mom. It's just what I experienced with my mom. But she didn't do it, like, on purpose. Like, look how many, I mean, there's a whole book written about it. So, obviously, there's hundreds, thousands, millions of people who went through the same thing, right? And on top of that, I, I've, like, now also been doing more healing on just, like, being here as an immigrant, right, and having parents who are immigrants, and so I would even say, like, I have this probably 7 out of 10, and then, like, on something plus, if we change some of these questions to something about immigration, there would probably be more, but, and I'd probably get a 10 out of 10 in that, right, and this isn't this, like, badge of honor, like, oh my god, look at all the trauma I have, right, it's just this, like, compassion for myself where I see myself and I have compassion that I went through these things and with that compassion I can then do something about it right something that will help me feel better because now I see that it's something that wasn't about me either right like I can see that I'm not the only one and so I don't feel like it was personal. It also really helped me heal my relationship with God and with life to just see that, you know, life is life. Like we came to experience life with the negative and the positive, right? Like when you really think about it, I believe that we're just love, right? But if we never experienced sadness, right, or fear, which is what we do when we close our hearts, right? We try to avoid feeling fear, but we also don't feel love, right? That's when we feel blocked because you cannot, you basically like, you you wouldn't know what love feels like if love is all you felt, right? Like, I don't know what it feels like to be bald, right? Like, or maybe I do from when I was a baby, right? But I don't remember or 
I don't remember what it feels like to have a broken arm because I've never had a broken arm, right? Like, I don't know what that feels like. Um, but I do know what trauma feels like, right? What these things feel like, what these answers to these questions, these feelings feel like. Um, and so when I think like, okay, I, but why can't we just experience love, right? Why can't we just have these good things happen, right? And it's because that's that's my understanding, my interpretation of why we're here is to experience that duality, right? Like we cannot experience love without hate, if that's all we felt. Like, so we came here for this human experience to experience both. And that doesn't make it okay that we experience this trauma, right? But we can see that it's almost like this thing that we need to figure out how to evolve to the next thing together, right? Like, oh, that's how they did it before. That's how they raised kids. That's how they um, thought it was the best way to keep everyone safe. Okay, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, and it, it just makes me laugh because it's like, it's not like they knew, right? It's not like we knew it didn't work. Like, I barely found out it doesn't work, right? Because I fell into the same thing. Like, oh, that's what you do. You try to control things. You try to stay away from fear. You do these things, right? Like, that's how we think it's done, right? And, you know, it doesn't mean getting rid of it, right? It doesn't mean basically telling your parents you don't know anything, right? Because that's what I used to think as well, right? Like, you did it all wrong. You don't know anything, right? It's about like really taking the wisdom of what were they really trying to do? What were they really trying to protect us from? And, you know, like, was it working? Like for us to look with curiosity and think like, um, and I think this is like a perfect um, way to just really dive into the one of the first stories that I wanted um, to talk about because... Um, it really helped me see, you know, like, um, both sides, right? Like mine and my mom's. Um, and if my mom ever listens to this, I have a really hard time sharing because I always feel bad that, um, you know, she's going to take it a certain way because I don't want to hurt her feelings. So whoever's listening to this, uh, if it's my mom or if it's somebody that just knows my mom, um, you know, I, I, I love her, and um, I, and if she ever listens to this, I doubt she will because um, it's not in Spanish, um, but, um, and my mom speaks English, but she just prefers um, to listen to things in Spanish, um, and one day, you know, I'll probably share this with her, um, but I just had this um, memory of recently like I've just like I've just been more into dancing and like I was remembering that I really loved to dance like I loved to dance when I was little my mom had put me in ballet when I was really little and then she put me in um in um sorcorico which is a Mexican um style of dancing and I was in elementary and I remember I was dancing in the shower and I fell I fell, I slipped because I was dancing. I was literally just dancing and dancing and dancing and moving my body. And like, I was having the time of my life in the shower and then I fell, right? And my mom came in and she was upset. She was upset and she 
um, she just she just hit me right she just like hit me she's like what are you doing you know like you're gonna hurt yourself and I just remember just being like oh like so caught off guard so scared I was just hurt and I was just like so hurt you know that I would just got hurt and then she came in and hurt me again right and these are things that you know we joke around about you know we joke yeah we joke around about it right and we hear it almost like in um you know like in comedies you know spanish things you know um when we're with friends that are hispanic you know like it's it's a funny thing that we just say yeah my mom came in and she hit me and you know it's this it's this really funny thing and um for a long time i would feel very ashamed that i didn't think it was funny like i really thought like that's not okay like it's not okay for our parents to hit us like i always had that in my mind since i was a little girl like i was just like this isn't okay like why do they have to hit us and like i just didn't like being hit i absolutely hated it i hated it i hated it and i i remember i never thought it was funny and i thought it was a really big deal like i was i remember just always thinking a big it was a big deal and like i didn't appreciate it and um so for a long time like this story or just multiple stories about similar things right i just and our parents always say you know like you had it better like i had it worse right and you know that's true that is very true and i see that they've evolved right like it's gotten better it has gotten better each new uh, generation gets better and um so now you know like my mom would never do that to my brother right and i think about him and i'm like if he fell today in the shower like we would all run in and help him and 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 be there for him and console him and then tell him you know you have to be careful you don't want to fall on this and that right and um that's also what's helped me heal right to see that my mom has changed like she's tried her best to change and um i you know she's evolved with us and and she's always been doing the best she can and you know there were two sides to that story right like my part where i was like i don't know eight or nine years old scared and hurt and being like you know like why can't my mom love me right like even in those moments where it's like i'm scared and you're coming in here instead of being there for me you are making it worse and you're making me feel like i was just dancing like i was just having fun and like i'm getting like i got hurt and it was an accident and then there's another side to that story which is you know my mom's side and i think about what she was going through and what made her uh react like that and it's like there were so many things going on like she also had an inner child right that was so scared about um being a single mom right being a single mom she was so scared she carried all of that stress in her she was trying to keep us safe right and she was an immigrant here in the united states right like and i was an immigrant right and so i think about the fear that she had inside of her when i fell like oh my god you know if i have to take her to the doctor like who knows what's gonna happen like and it's it's unconscious right like all she's thinking is how do i protect these kids right how do i keep how do i protect them how do i protect us how do i 
just survive, right? Like that's when that's the state my mom was in. Her response was she was in a survival response at all times, like fight, flight, or freeze. And my mom is very a very anxious person. She's a very nervous person. And you know, I think about the little girl inside her that was so scared. And we were both scared, right? Like we were both so scared. And it just makes me see like, wow, like, yes, it hurt, you know, that she couldn't be there for me again. Like it didn't feel good. And I also just see like my mom has an inner child too. My mom also has trauma, right? Like she probably, I have never asked her these questions, right? But maybe she has a 10 out of 10. And how many did my grandma have? And then how much worse was, how much trauma has been just passed on and passed on and passed on and it's gotten better. And so we can keep going, right? And we can have compassion for our parents, right? And just forgive them in order to heal, right? Because as we heal, as we forgive ourselves, you know, like I forgive myself for um, buying into the misunderstanding. Um, and this is something I think that uh, um, Byron Katie uses. Um, but I forgive myself for buying into the misunderstanding that because my mom couldn't show up with me, couldn't show up for me in the way that I needed her to, that that meant that I wasn't good enough, right? That that meant that I wasn't lovable, that that meant that she didn't care, that that meant that God hated me, that that meant that life hated me, right? Like, I had that so ingrained in me, so, so, so ingrained with me that that's what I was living my whole life out of. I was living my whole life out of that perspective that I wasn't good enough. And so forgiving myself for that and then forgiving my mom and forgiving life, right? And the situation and just all of it, right? Just seeing it as like an event that happened, an event that hurt and that I can allow myself to truly feel, right? Like in my heart, really allowing myself to feel the sadness of like what it felt like to be a six or seven year old and be scared to have fun be scared to move her body, be scared to be seen, be scared to be too much, be scared, be scared, be scared, be scared. Um, and, you know, like, even realizing it and accepting it is sometimes hard because it's so ingrained that we cannot even begin to see that it's a story. We can't even begin to see that we really are worthy, right? And people can fight both sides, right? Like maybe you're not worthy and maybe you are worthy, right? You get to choose what to believe, right? Because they're both a story, right? Both sides can be fought. These are all the reasons I'm not worthy. These are all the reasons I'm not worthy. Or these are all the reasons I am worthy. These are all the reasons I am worthy. Or even... 
like even now it's almost coming to this realization of like I just am right and I used to read about this in books and stuff and I didn't really understand it and now I really see that it just means that you are a neutral right there's just like this middle ground where it doesn't have to be good or bad it could just be the truth right you just are if you don't if you can't believe that you are worthy if you, and you do believe that you are not worthy you can start with just believing that you just are a person that you know just in the middle like neutral like you don't have to force yourself to believe that you are worthy right but you can also give yourself permission to not believe that you're not worthy right to just be like huh like maybe i'm just this person and maybe i am worthy and maybe i'm not right but i don't know i actually don't know what the answer to that is and so i just am right and it just like takes a little bit of that energy right like and just just breathe that in right like just really breathe that in breathe that into your body i just am and just give yourself permission to really release all of the negative stories you have about yourself right and maybe you know obviously it's not going to happen overnight right but when that thought comes up right like or this pattern of something that you're trying to do right to just bring yourself to this neutral spot you know neutral just back to neutral you don't have to bypass and force yourself to this positive outlook of life right like i think people are so scared and by people <laughs> i mean me as well right like i've been so scared and i know people who have been scared and so it's just about you know coming back to neutral to neutral to neutral 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 just neutral just taking a deep breath you know you can just keep thinking about all your stories and all the reasons you're not worthy and all the things right later right or just all you have to do is give yourself one second to just breathe and for a moment just for a moment just think i just am there's all these things happening in my life all these things i want to be doing all these things i should be doing quote unquote or shouldn't be doing right like the list goes on and on and on and on and our brain just never stops our mind just keeps going and going and going right like it's like this broken record and to just for a moment just for a moment like if there's one thing that I um would have started practicing sooner because I didn't think it worked like I always thought I had to be in my mind and I had to think about things and believe me <laughs> I love to think <laughs> I will read books on books on books and podcasts on podcasts on podcasts like in order to understand something and really prove my point right like that's something I just do and a lot of that was just coming from my ego most of it was coming from my ego and i just realized like later later i realized or i found out that my body didn't feel safe and that was a completely foreign language to me the body right it just that's not i didn't that's not what 
what I was taught growing up. I wasn't taught about the body. I wasn't taught that in school. I never learned about it. No one ever talked about the body. It was all about the mind and being smart and getting good grades and all these academic things, but no one talked about the body. And so I didn't know this. And when I learned about it at first, I was very skeptical. I didn't understand it because it wasn't for me to understand with my mind. It was something I had to experience in my body. But to just take a deep breath, you know, just as much as you can, you just come back to your breath. And for a moment, for a moment, the stories stop for a split second. They stop. They just, and you're just able to touch a piece of yourself, you know, the piece of you, the part of you that's just neutral, that just is. Um, and so I really just want to, um, uh, also do that, right? Like even as I'm speaking onto this microphone in my living room all by myself, right? Like, to be here, to be in my body, to talk to you from my heart, right? Like, I don't want to be talking from my mind. I really want to tap into my heart and really share from my heart. Because if I share from my mind, it just goes into these stories, right? On like what I should share, what I shouldn't share, why should I share it? And it just like it's filtered through all these stories. And I just want to remember, you know, that I want to share from my heart. And so I shared a little bit about, you know, that story with my mom. And, like, that's one tiny, tiny snapshot of it, right? There's so much. And there's actually so much I don't even remember because one of my coping mechanisms was to dissociate, which I didn't even know was something that was possible. I just thought I had a bad memory about childhood experiences and childhood memories like my sister has a really great memory and she'll talk about um she'll she'll just share things with me and I'll be like I don't remember that at all like I don't remember that and all my family used to think used to tell me uh you have a bad you have such a bad memory you know and um I did and I didn't know I just was like yeah I just do I just I guess I have a bad memory for for things like that and then when I started going into this healing work and trauma and all of this, I um, found out, like I learned that one of the ways we cope is through dissociation. And so that was my experience. I dissociated um, in order to not feel. And so that's why I was super skeptical about being in the body because I learned not to feel. That's how I would protect myself from feeling these negative emotions like, well, I can't fix it. I don't know how to make myself lovable. So let me just pretend like I don't need it. Let me pretend like I don't want it. And let me just be who they want me to be, right? Like perfect and um, whatever my mom and dad needed me to be, right? Like whatever they told me to do, I just did it. Um, mostly my dad and I would fight a lot with my mom. But what I mean by just doing it is like I would just try to avoid fights with her like I would try to uh outsmart my way out of things and find a way to manipulate uh stories so that I could get what I want and so that we wouldn't argue and so to just avoid her because because that's what I tried to do um to stay out of her way so that I could be safe and um 
So I just, I'm thinking about like where I want to take this and I just want to think out loud because that's how I process <laughs> and I'm trying to not be in my head about it. Um, thinking like it's too scattered. I do feel a little bit like I'm trying to figure out like where to bring it in and like kind of where to start. Um, and I could start with my mom and dad um, or even my sister, but I'm feeling a little bit more like I'm feeling called towards sharing a little bit more about um, just like the last couple of years with um, my healing journey and where it started because that feels like the part where I realized I even needed to go on this healing journey. And so that was actually the beginning, even though the real beginning was like my childhood like but that's actually further back more of like but I didn't know this was happening right I didn't have language for all of these things that were going on when I was little right like so this is all in retrospect like now I see these stories with my mom and my dad and so forth right but the reason all of that even came to the surface was because I felt like I was having like a mid-midlife crisis, right? When I turned 25, I graduated from college when I was 22. And then I started working right away. I mean, I was already working, but I started working full-time. Once I graduated or more, I was working as much as I possibly could just to pay off all my debt. Um, so I graduated in 2017, and that was, I was 22, 23, 24, 25. So three years I was working I was at my first job. I was just working. I didn't even have time to think about this healing journey, honestly. I was working so much. I was working probably 60 hours a week um, from the time I graduated. And when before I graduated, I was also working so much. Like I was working and I was going to school full time. I was taking so many classes because I hadn't done so well one of my first semesters. And I'll go back and talk about that um, because now I see why all of that happened, right? Like I got fired from my first job, um, which I never told my mom about because I was super embarrassed. Um, I um, was in a like three-year relationship at that age. Um, it was a very toxic relationship. And um, and then I, I was kind of not, and then I was not in a relationship throughout college. And then just so many things that happened at that stage, like, that I just didn't even notice like all of these red flags just really really showing me how I how I how much how much I felt unworthy right and I just wasn't seeing it I was completely blind to it so once I started working like 60 hours and so forth like I was just working so much right and I remember just thinking like oh my god when is this gonna end I especially one of the I think it was the second I think it was the first or second year can't remember exactly really again I, I don't have a great memory because my natural thing is to dissociate um, but I was working so much and then I was in a relationship right and so I had just graduated from college I had never moved away from home um, and I had never had such a high demanding job 
right? And so all of these things happened around that age from 22. I was, I start, I was in that relationship. Um, start uh, the start of that relationship was a little bit after I turned 21, and then that relationship just ended um, about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. Um, I can't keep track of time right now with all this COVID things, but anyways, the point is I was in that relationship for about five years. Um, and again, I won't really be sharing anything in regards to that relationship that isn't from my perspective on my healing journey. Um, and I want to have another episode kind of about conscious uncoupling and what that looks like, but I really want to respect, you know, like the privacy of everyone else as much as I possibly can and just really take radical, uh, like responsibility for me for everything for me everything is like how did I show up how did I um create this right um so again it's just me really you know that I need to say that to feel safe because a part of me feels like I shouldn't share this like this is private this is um nobody's business um like I don't want it to sound like gossip right and those are just stories, right? Because I'm trying to, because I, because I care, because I really care. I really care about all of these people. You know, I care about my mom, my dad, my sister, my previous partners. I care so, 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 so deeply about everybody. And, um, I might have not known how to show it at the time. And I probably still don't know how, right? I'm still learning how to show it, but from my heart, I really care. And the last thing I want to do is hurt anybody or make them feel like they're not good enough because I know what that feels like. And so I never, ever, ever want to share from this place of like, look at what they did to me. Like, look at how they hurt me and all these things, right? Because yes, they did hurt me. And I also hurt them. And yes, um, they also have their own version, right, of like how this affects them and why they are the way they are. And so um, if anybody who I speak about ever listens to this, like, I hope you feel like, I hope you don't feel like you're not good enough. I hope you feel like this is really coming from my heart and the intention behind it. And outside of that, like, I really can't control how things are perceived, Um And so I'm just keeping those two things in mind. Like, it's just a balance between the two. And that was a big part of why I was having so much resistance in showing up on social media and through this podcast, because a part of me, like, I had to figure out a way to navigate sharing this from a place that's pure and clean and intentional, right? And that doesn't mean I don't have my moments where it's not, right? But that's not for me to put on here or on social media or anywhere else, right? Those are the things I do um, process in private and then when it's integrated and I can share from a place where it's with this intention then I will share it and of course I might mess up sometimes and I'm sorry I'm trying my best I don't really know how to navigate this a hundred percent so I'm just gonna put that out there I'm trying my best and I will probably mess up um and um yeah so I just wanted to put that out there so that relationship lasted for a couple of years, right? And wow, just 
wow, was that my biggest wake up call ever, right? Like I will forever be grateful for that relationship so, so, so much because without that relationship, I wouldn't be where I am today. And by that, I don't mean in this egotistical way. I just mean like internally, like my relationship with myself, how much I have worked on healing the part of me that doesn't feel good enough or worthy or lovable all stemmed from that relationship. And at the beginning, honestly, it wasn't great. Like the first two years were very toxic. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I asked on my story, like, what do people, you know, what do people want to know? And one of them was like, where, like, how did your, something about my, where did my healing journey start, right? And I shared a little bit on there, which was, um, that was probably one of my first realizations. Like, um, I, and I say this with so much, I say this with so much respect for my mom, right? And, and again, <laughs> this is so hard. I'm trying, I'm trying not to keep saying I'm sorry and this and that, right? But this is hard and I really, again, care. And so it wasn't until that relationship that I really saw that I had to become my mom and my grandma and I could just see, right? Like I had fought so hard not to be them. At least I thought so, but I didn't realize I had been them. I had become them. I had to learn to be them, right? There was this anger, this resentment, this bitterness, this rage inside of me that was showing up in my relationship, right? And I could hide it really well with friends and you know, on surface level relationships, right? But when it came to relationships, that was a very clear mirror, right? Like I had just ended one relationship about a year before that one had started or something like that. I can't remember, again, dates exactly. But the point is, I was always just in relationships and for a brief period, I wasn't in a relationship. And then I jumped into another one without really healing or looking at how I had um also contributed to my previous relationship being so toxic right like i really thought this whole time this whole time right up until <laughs> up until i was um 22 23 or yeah um it was around that age that i um just re realized wow i just created another similar relationship right like even though they were completely different events that were happening in the relationship like the energy behind it was still the same there was this, still this part of me that was so angry so triggered so needing to control right and at the moment i didn't have any of this language right like this is just in retro retrospect i didn't know i just saw like uh there was this moment where um, my previous partner uh, just shared with me that, you know, like they didn't, see, that person didn't see us going forward, right? Which was getting married. And at that time, I was really scared because um, Trump had won, right? Um, the election. And when he won, it really... Uh, 
shifted things for me, right? Like it really made me feel like there was this urgency to get married, this urgency to um, fix my situation. And I wanted it to be uh, with someone that I loved. I didn't want to just get married, right? Like a lot of people talk about that. You could just get married, you know? And I was like, no, like I don't want to get married like that. Like I wanted to be real. Little did I know that for me, that meant I needed to control. I needed to control that this person be the person I wanted to be with. I needed this person to morph into who I needed them to be for me to feel safe. And I didn't realize how much of that was coming from me feeling unsafe. And I had recreated that. I had recreated that. And then this person was telling me, I don't want to be with you, right? And... I had this realization, my ego had this wild realization, right? Like, I saw myself as better than this person. And it was from an ego perspective of needing to protect myself as well, because I don't believe that now. And it wasn't true then. But that's how I saw things egotistically, right? Because I thought, because I was this straight A student in high school and I was going to college and I was so, so smart. And I'm saying that in a very um, sarcastic way um, that that meant that I was better than because that's what I was taught to believe. And I didn't realize how um, egotistical that was of me. And I didn't realize that it wasn't true <laughs> until this person was like, or I was going to say something else, but was basically saying like, I don't want to be in this relationship with you because of these, you know, because of how I had shown up. Right. And it was in that moment that I had one of my first ego deaths where I realized that if I continued to be that person, I wasn't going to be safe, essentially. So I thought, wow, I really need to change. And one of the first books that I read was um, The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, which actually has nothing really to do with relationships. But um, I was also dealing with some health issues at the time. Um, and... It was from being on birth control. I'll probably record maybe another episode about that. But because I had been on birth control for so long, I had lost my period. I was having thyroid issues. I was having so many health issues that I also really got to see once I started working so much. Um, and I would say that's when this whole, like, the door opened up to this whole journey was with that. That was, like, my wake-up call when I started feeling really tired. And I just remember seeing one post that explained exactly how I was feeling. And from there, like that rabbit hole kind of started. And it was like about being always cold and, you know, your libido going down and just um, like um, all the symptoms that I was having at the time with my health, like 
gaining weight um and just just feeling really tired all the time like I just I was so tired but anyways that's a story for another time but the point is that book I ended up reading that book somehow I ended up on this girl's page Sahara Rose and I ended up reading her book and in that book I remember reading about there's these different types of um of um body types there's vata pitta and kapha and basically i'm i was a vata and then my previous in my previous ship my partner was a pitta and we would always fight about how hot or cold it was right and we would end up triggered and it would just cause a fight and it was just this loop this vicious cycle we were in right um and i don't think this is too personal so i'm going to share the story right but um I remember he would come home from work and he would be so hot, right? Because he was out at work and he was so hot, so hot and so irritated and so angry. And I would, I would, he would come home in that mood and then I would take it personal. And then I would be rude and annoyed and triggered back. Like, why are you taking it out on me? Like, it's not my fault you're hot. Like, la, 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 la right? Like, just making it so personal, right? Um... And it's something like I watched my mom do, right? Like she still kind of does it sometimes and it's okay. I don't judge her for it, right? Like I, I still do it too probably. Right now I currently live alone and so I get to keep the temperature at whatever temperature I want and I'm so grateful for it because I've always been cold. And so it's always really hard because mostly it's easier to be hot than cold because when you're cold you could turn on when you're hot you could just turn on the ac and whoever's cold can just cover themselves but it doesn't really work vice versa um so anyways i'm just super grateful for that um but one of the things i read and this was like during that time during that time where we were going through this really weird time right like what are we going to do like if we're not going to be together like it was just a really big reality check and um we did take a break and then we um ended up deciding to keep working on it and i didn't honestly i didn't know how to work on it i had no idea i just realized i have to change if i want this to work um and i realized obviously there was something wrong with me because i was showing up in a way that was not um treating this person with respect and treating this person with all these things um that they deserved like any relationship right um and so i realized i had a lot of work to do but i didn't know where to start and one of the first things i read in that book that changed and i remember because it was one of the first times i got to see things as it's not personal right and it just explained how a hot person's body works and how they're so hot and it really explained it in detail how hot they are right how hot they are and so after that i remember just thinking when he would get home and he was so hot and he was so irritated and blah 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 that he was just hot and i would say you know what just go take a shower drink a glass of cold water and talk to me when you're done because i you're probably just hot and you're irritated and you just need to go shower and you just need to not talk to me until you do that <laughs> and so that was one of the first boundaries when i didn't even know what a boundary was one of the first things i did because i was able to see that it wasn't personal like this person wasn't coming home 
mad at me. It wasn't because they didn't love me. It wasn't because I wasn't good enough. It was just because this person was really, really, really hot. But because I was seeing it through the lens of I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, like underneath the surface of the belief I had, I was seeing it as something that it wasn't. And that was one of the most profound realizations that I had, right? Like, wait, it's not about me? I didn't, I had no idea. Like, I thought the world revolved around me. Like, and that this person didn't love me, right? Like, and this is obviously, it wasn't a conscious thought that I thought the world revolved around me. Like, I didn't know that. I just thought that. And I didn't even know where I started believing that. And so it just opened up this world of like wow not everything's about me and of course things didn't change overnight of course I was still getting triggered of course I had to later I'd be like oh I forgot that it was just because they were hot right like I had to learn to maybe go take a walk I had to tell him like these are the things you need you need to do these things right and I would almost like force him to do these things right and so it it didn't like go from healthy from unhealthy to healthy, right? Like it just went to a little bit less unhealthy and a little bit less unhealthy and a little bit less unhealthy until like after a couple, I think after like a year or maybe two, I feel like of me just really, I opened that door opened up and I started listening to podcasts and I started working on myself, like my healing journey. Like I really wanted to heal myself, heal my body. And so also I wasn't like so obsessed with fixing him, right? I started I turned that obsession into myself of fixing myself, which wasn't super healthy, but it really helped me turn things around to start looking at myself and to start seeing things from a different lens. And from that age, right, from about 23 or maybe, yeah, 23 or 24, then I really felt like I was having my mid-midlife crisis at 25. Like, Thing, I just kept realizing things about myself, right? Like I was reading books and podcasts and having all of these profound realizations of like, oh my God, that's wrong with me too. And that's wrong with me. 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 And that's wrong with me, right? It was just like information overload, overload on all the things that were wrong. And I just remember being like, wow, then what is it wrong with me, right? Like, what is it wrong with me? Like, um so much just so much about that relationship right like how I was showing up it was the closest mirror on like exactly how I was showing up um and then for a moment it stopped like for a moment things were peaceful things were okay like they were just neutral like there wasn't as much bickering or fighting or any of that right because I started just focusing on myself and I took my attention all the way off the relationship like because I didn't feel safe and I didn't realize it at the time, right? Well, I can't fix him, so let me fix me, you know? And then I went down that rabbit hole, right? Like, and and I was also still trying to fix him, right? But from this new perspective, like, look at all this personal development. Like, you need to also do this personal development, right? And I was still trying to fix him, right? And so, actually, I would take that back, but I that that it didn't stop me from trying to fix this person quote unquote right because you cannot fix a person nobody needs to be fixed he didn't need to be fixed i didn't need to be fixed right but i was still trying to control except i was trying to control it in a different way and then little by little i learned more and more 
about my controlling patterns, right? And for a long time, I was like, all of these things are wrong with me, right? So I didn't realize um, or didn't want to realize or see how it wasn't really about that either. Like there were other things that were triggering these things, right? Like one of the things that I really tried to do in that relationship is make this person become who I wanted them to become, like I said before, right? And it wasn't until I realized, really realized that one, he was good enough as he was, period, right? He didn't have to do anything differently. He was already good enough always. And I was the one seeing him as not good enough because I was seeing myself as not good enough. And I thought that by fixing him to become good enough, that would make me feel good enough. You know, like when he's good enough, then I'll feel good enough because then I'll have this relationship, this perfect relationship, right? I was always, it's like my perfectionism coming in, right? And that was for now when I was a little girl, right? And I can talk about that with like how that showed up with my mom um, and why I tried to be perfect and all of that. But I didn't see it until I was in this relationship, right? Like, wow, I was really trying to make this person perfect, quote, like it just like even to say it out loud now is so bizarre, right? Because there is no perfection, right? Everybody's already perfect as they are. And there is no perfection, right? There's no like, okay, this is the list on how to be perfect. But for some reason, that's the idea I had in my mind. And it was in that moment, like things had settled down. And then once I really got on this healing journey even more, like the last year that we were together, things started shifting again. I started feeling really triggered and really upset and angry at everything, like just everything. And I just noticed myself like, what is happening to me? Like, I thought I could control this. I thought I was fine. Like, why am I feeling triggered again? Why am I feeling so angry again? Why? Like, why? I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And again, I was like, uh, I, I thought it was his fault, right? I really thought it was his fault because I was so blind to see that it wasn't his fault and it wasn't my fault, right? And the thing is that once I started like really learning how to set boundaries, which at first I did it in a really harsh way, um, I, um, it was like when I realized that I wanted to move for like actually move outside of the country, either back to Mexico or to Bali. And, um, I always knew I wanted to travel, um, and I thought I would end up traveling by getting married and getting my papers that way. And then that didn't work out. Um, so I was feeling, um, when we talked about that, right, it was always a conflicting subject. It was always like, okay, like the whole traveling thing, right? Like, I mean, think about it, right? Like you're with somebody and then out of nowhere, they tell you they want to move. 
right? Like they want to move to another country and they can't come back. Um, and they just want to move and they want you to move with them, right? Like out of nowhere, when it's not something you planned for, it's not something you ever thought you would do. And then this person, I was feeling like he didn't love me because he didn't want to travel and he wanted a family. And I was feeling like I, and he was feeling like I didn't love him because he wanted a family, right? And so we had these two competing desires out of life, right? Two competing desires, right? They're completely different. And also, I don't know if I want kids, right? I actually don't know. I don't know. As of right now, I feel pretty um, clear that I don't want kids anytime soon. And I'm 27, Um, and I don't, I don't see myself having kids anytime soon. I really, really desire to travel and to live in different places. And I'll have another episode about that where I really dive into that. But the point is, I was upset that he wasn't speaking his truth. I was triggered. I was angry. So, so, so angry. And I was triggered and I was mad that he wasn't speaking his truth and telling me like, this is what I want and like or like let's not be together right but the truth is I wasn't speaking my truth either right I was mad at myself that anger was all mine because I also wasn't speaking my truth I wasn't speaking my truth about wanting what I wanted because I was making it mean that if he didn't want it then that meant something bad about me and I was making it mean that I was selfish, that I shouldn't want it, that I'm not normal, that I should want kids, that there's something wrong with me, that maybe it's my trauma and that's why I want to leave and maybe if I healed more, then that's not what I would want. All these things. And also meaning that I would be alone, right? Like that I would be alone making this, these, these decisions to move and like, can I really do it? Like as a girl, like, can I really survive on my own? Like I've never lived out on my own. I've never done any of these things alone. So I was really scared. And so I was trying to control for him to want the same thing. And I didn't realize it. Like I said, I had realized years look back, you know, that I was trying to control him and make like because I and that it was me that was the problem, my toxic thing. And I thought I had stopped, right? I thought I had stopped doing that. And then when I realized that, when I had that realization, I knew that we couldn't be together anymore. And it was one of the hardest things I have ever had to do (sighs) because we had been together for so long because it wasn't ending in a bad way it wasn't ending because we hated each other or we did like because of all the stuff right it wasn't ending because of all the toxic times and all of that it was ending because i truly wanted him to have what he wanted in life and i wanted to have what i wanted in life and 
I knew that I wasn't willing to compromise what I wanted and he wasn't either. He wasn't willing and it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because it was personal and I wasn't also not willing because of him, like because he wasn't good enough. And of course, there were other things that we needed to work on, right? Like we didn't have this perfect relationship. There were so many things we needed to work on. But one of the things I realized was that if we were not on the same page about where we wanted to go in life, if our hearts weren't in the same place, like, yes, your goals line up with my goals. That's exactly what I want. And I don't have to, you know, like I thought, what if I just do it, right? Like, what if, what if I just do it? What if I just have a family and travel a little bit and, you know, just do it like that? Like, why do I have to give it up, right? Like, what, what, if, I, what if I can have both, right? And when I checked in with that, I thought, if I don't do this, when I turn 40, 50, right? Like, I can't imagine looking at my family and thinking, what if? What if I had tried? What if I had done this other thing that I really wanted to do, right? To travel and backpack and go on my own, right? And actually, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do that, right? Like, I don't really know what the future holds, right? I could change my mind tomorrow, but my truth at the moment and my end even now is that that's what I want. That's what I desire to do. And who knows? I could get there right my first month traveling and be like actually just kidding this isn't what I want I want to go back I want to settle I want to figure out what to do what to do differently right that is a hundred percent a possibility which was another reason why I felt so guilty like what if it's not even what I want and I'm just giving this up and you know like um you know it's a big decision to make right like especially after being together for so long you know um, at that point, you know, your family's neat, and he grew, kind of grew up with my brother, and he loves him, right, and I didn't want any of that to end, and so I really, really, really had to sit with myself, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, I remember crying so much at the decision, the pain, the agony, like, I thought it was gonna feel good, to choose myself, to choose my truth, to choose what I wanted, right? I really wanted, want to travel, to have my business, to go to third world countries, to visit Mexico, to live in different places, to live in different cities. That's what's in my heart. And it makes me excited to think about it, right? And so I thought the decision to leave that relationship and go after what I really wanted, you know, like I moved out so that I could have some time apart and so I could have some space and so I could be on my own and really figure out what I wanted. And it didn't feel good. It hurt. It hurt so, so bad because... I was giving up so much more than just a relationship and I didn't also I didn't actually realize this until later right like I was also giving up the safety the security of like not being able to come back right 
like because if I got married at some point you know later I could get my papers and come back and be with my family right and be safe right I was told my whole life you have to get married you have to be with somebody so they can save you so they can save you and rest give you papers because you cannot do it on your own you need a man to do it and the truth is yeah probably to say here that's kind of the thing right which just i mean going down that could take me down a rabbit hole right like about that with men and women and all that right like having to depend on a man it's not just from that like it's just been going it's in other areas as well culturally right culturally being told like you can't be alone it's not safe to be alone like all of these things like as a woman that I also had to look at right and so I thought I had already had such a wake-up call such an initiation through that through that relationship and then through you know like I thought I was kind of (laughs) done I thought I was good like look at me look at me I'm doing the thing you know like I ended the relationship even though it hurt so so bad and I'm going after my dreams and I'm going to start my business and I'm going to move out on my own and how cool is this right again my ego had this you know time of time of time of its life right just really being like wow I did it right and I say ego in a very uh neutral way right like this part of me that just was so excited right and also from that place that you know it was my ego just feeling like all of these things defined me like like it was still coming from this place of achievement right like of needing to achieve something which i didn't realize at the time again like these realizations are from the last six months of moving out on my own right like uh look at me achieving these things like doing the hard things and um um moving out and just doing things on my own like i miss independent and all these things that i thought i wanted right which i did i definitely did i definitely did but 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 there was so much that I wasn't seeing, so much um, that happened even more after that, right? Like, I thought, you when I move, I'm going to move out on my own so that I can start my own business and I can have all the time to myself. And so nobody bugs me because I am living with all these people who, um, like, because of them, I can't focus on my things um and just again just all of this stuff like just showing me more and more and more about how to turn things around to me right like and to see when I was feeling triggered that I couldn't work on my business because of someone else because I was blaming them for xyz like it was really about turning that back to me. Where am I judging myself for not showing up more? Where am I um, getting in my own way, right? And I needed to move out and to be on my own to see that. And at first, yes, it felt like, oh, I have my own place. It's so amazing, blah, blah, blah. (sighs) But again, it just was another 
another mirror. And this time, I think the reason why I have felt so much growth over the last six months is because this whole time, even when I was looking at myself as a mirror, I was still looking at uh, it in the context of my relationship. Like, it was still like, maybe he'll change if I change this. And it was very unconscious, but that's what was happening. It wasn't until I moved out that I had to look at myself and at myself only. How was I getting in the own way? How was I getting in my own way? And when I realized that I was the one getting in my own way this whole time, right? And of course, there were definitely things that, you know, I, that, that there were also external factors, but 90% of it was how was I getting in my own way when I moved out and, you know, like I had to sit with myself and, um, you know, like a couple months ago when I started recording, like I had to sit with myself and say like, you know, showing up, being able to show up being able to show up for myself, you know, like that was hard looking at myself through the lens of everything I'm doing. And I want to ground that just a little bit with like an example, you know, like when I moved out, I again have never lived on my own, right? So when the house was a mess, right? There was nobody I could blame but myself, right? Like, okay, I'm the one who made this mess. I'm the one who has to clean it up. There wasn't any blaming anyone else. I used to live with roommates, so I just, that's for context, right? Like, I can't make breakfast because they haven't cleaned. I haven't, I can't do this because this isn't taken care of, right? And some of that was true, but some of it was that I probably wouldn't have done it anyway, and I just wanted to blame something for not doing it. I was giving my power away. I cannot do this because of this. And the truth is I could have, right? I could have spoken up more. I could have done different things. And I did try my best to do those things, right? And then at some point, I outgrew my environment. But for the most part, I realized how I was doing it to myself. And then one of the biggest ones, one of the biggest things I saw was I used to feel so triggered, right? Because, uh... There were so many people at home and like blah, blah, blah. Like all these stories I made, or not stories I made up, but these things I would blame it on. And then when I lived on my own and I was angry or triggered or whatever, right? It was like, well, there's nobody here except you. So the only person that you're mad at is yourself. The only person that you're upset with is yourself. And sitting with that, Sitting with how I was causing my own discomfort, how I was almost like so used to being triggered and upset and mad and rushed and busy and stressed. And it was just a realization that I was doing it all to myself, right? At least 90% of it. I was doing it to myself. And that was also from feeling unworthy I had to look at myself like why do you still feel so unworthy right 
And that was one of the hardest weeks of my entire life to sit with myself and think, wow, I feel so unworthy. I feel worthless. I remember saying that on my call, I, on one of my coaching calls with my coach and just sharing like, I feel worthless because I moved out, I quit my job, I wanted to create this business that I've been working so hard on creating for the last two years and here I am not creating anything. I'm still numbing, I'm still watching too much television, I'm still... Um, not sleeping enough, like I'm still doing all of these unhealthy things, right? And there was nobody to blame but myself. And I thought for a moment, I messed up. I had it all wrong. This whole healing journey was pointless. I just want to go back. I want to go back to when I didn't know any of this. I want to go back to where I had my family, my friends, my relationship, my everybody, right? Where it was just like, it was okay. It was okay, right? Like, why did I go looking for more? Why did I go on this healing journey? Like, I sat here in my apartment and just cried and just sat with myself and just cried and cried. And like, it's making me emotional thinking about it right now because I thought it was going to be this amazing thing to move out and to do all these things, right? But it was hard. It's been hard. It, it, it doesn't feel as hard now, but it was really, it was some of my darkest moments where I felt so alone. So alone, right? So, so, so alone because I'd never been alone. And I felt literally worthless like in the gut like in my gut like I suck like I can't believe I just turned my life upside down and I'm here feeling worthless like I don't know how to put a business together I don't know how to provide for myself I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what to do with my life I don't even know why I'm moving I don't even know you know just like really 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 second guessing every single decision I had made and being like I should just go I should just take all this back you know and just pretend like all of this I never did any of this work and forget about it and that opened up the door like on the other side of that when I had to sit with that and sit with that and cry it all out of my body And just sitting with myself, healing myself, loving myself, right? Like just sitting with myself and just really seeing where is all this coming from? And the reason I was feeling worthless was because I was attaching all of my worth to what I could create, to me being able to figure out a business, to me being able to provide for myself, to me knowing where my next paycheck is coming from, to me... Um, being XYZ, like all of it, I was outsourcing all of that worth. And I really had to sit with who am I? Who am I when I don't have anything? Right? Who am I when I fail? 
Who am I when I don't know what I'm doing with my life? Who am I when I feel worthless? Who am I when I have no idea how I'm going to figure out what to do next month or the following month? Who am I when I feel lost, right? Like, who am I when I don't have friends? I don't know who to talk to. I, you know, like, just didn't have anyone. And it wasn't, it wasn't because I truly didn't. It's because I didn't know how to reach out to people. I didn't know how to have genuine com- um, conversations. My whole life had been wrapped around my previous relationships all the time. It was like I would forget about my friends. I would forget about myself. And I would make my whole life revolve around them. Their friends. Their everything. And I did still have, you know, some friends. But for the most part, like, like again, it wasn't because there truly wasn't anyone there. It's because I would withdraw, right? I would just go to my comfort zone, you know, hang out at home with my partner. And then, at, like, towards the end is when I started going out again and doing things on my own and really having a life again. Um, but for a few years, like, I had just kind of, like, gone into that mode where you're in a relationship and you forget about yourself I don't know if maybe I was the only one who did that but I mean I know a couple of people who do that but um not everyone is what I'm trying to say um and so who am I you know when I am crying and I don't know how to feel better and how to feel worthy when I can't look at myself in the mirror, right? Like, I didn't like who I saw. I didn't like who was there. I didn't like who was being reflected back to me. Um, And so that, you know, that gave me this opportunity to really dig in deeper and be like, where did I buy, where did I learn this from? Who taught me that I'm not good enough if I am not working you know, who, who told me that I'm not good enough if I don't um, do a thousand tasks a day? Who am I if I take a nap, right? Like, who told me that all of those things meant I wasn't good enough? Like, where did I pick that up? Where did I learn that? Where did I attach my worth to these things, right? And I thought I had already done so much work on my worth, but really, or like, on that story, right, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough, I had bought so many courses, so many things, that here I was, two years later, still stuck, you know, still looking at life, like, this is exactly what I was trying to avoid, I was trying to avoid feeling this feeling of failing, feeling this feeling of not feeling good enough, I had done such a good job at avoiding those feelings at all costs, that even though I was kind of going in, there was a part of me that would still have this wall up, right? It still didn't feel safe. And I couldn't see it. I just couldn't see it. Um, and so luckily I was in also, I was also just luckily in a mastermind. It's called Self Healers Mastermind. And so I was able to get on those calls and really share about what I was going through and cry on those calls and have a safe container And honestly, I think that's really what helped me get through it because I at least had one call a month where I could talk to a community of people going through the same thing, right? Where I felt less alone. 
Um, and I'm still, oh, I'm still realizing so much, right? So some of it is forward facing, some of this is backward facing, right? Like I'm seeing now in relationships, like I'm starting to make friends with women and like all my stories around women, like all of my shadows coming up to the surface, um, meeting new people, meeting friends, dating, right? Like all of that. It's like, it's showing me, showing me deeper layers of how I still don't feel worthy, right? Like I mentioned that at the beginning, you know, with women, I notice it, right? Like there's a part of me that still doesn't feel worthy of their love with women, right? And so it's forward facing, like I want to have relationships with women and then backward facing, why don't I feel safe? It's getting curious on both, right? And just really looking at things, right? Like, and if you're going through like a really, really, really hard time, right? Like you're healing something, some relationship with yourself, you don't feel good enough. I, you know, like, I don't want to say it gets better. I don't want to say anything positive, right? Because I don't know if there's, if it was just me, but there was this misconception that I was supposed to feel good and that it would feel like rainbows and butterflies and amazing and warm and sweet and like love and all of these beautiful things. And yes, Yes, it does. It does feel like that. I mean, I wouldn't have kept going without those moments where you just, uh, you just breathe and you're like, okay, you know, like that didn't feel good, but it does feel good. Like it's a little bit of both and that's okay, right? To just give yourself permission to let it feel gut-wrenching, painful, right? Like let it feel dark and sad and angry and just all these nasty things right and uh, and I say nasty of like how it feels in your body right like it almost feels like un it feels so uncomfortable that it feels nasty I mean at least that's how I would describe it this nasty feeling right of this darkness and then you know allowing yourself to also feel like you know, I'm showing up for myself, like, this feels good, like, for the first time I'm seeing myself, even if it's just a little bit, right, you don't have to do it all at once, but, and then also just allowing it to just be, and to give yourself so much credit, so much credit for being on this journey, you know, like, also celebrate, you know, the two things, right, I said birth earlier, if you can just connect with your breath. I wish I would have known that sooner. And also to be grateful for at least one thing that you're doing to show up for yourself, even if it's uncomfortable, right? Setting one boundary with your mom, right? Like one small boundary for yourself. You know, one small, small thing, even just awareness or, you know, waking up brushing your teeth, taking a shower, drinking a glass of water, eating an apple, whatever, give yourself a win. Give yourself a win. Give yourself a pat on the back, right? Like, I wish I had started doing that sooner and just really given myself more credit for looking, you know, for wanting to change, you know? I really wanted to change so bad. I wanted to be more loving. I wanted to be more open. I wanted to be a better daughter, a better sister, a better friend, a better girlfriend. I wanted to be better. And 
you know, I think that's all we want deep down. We want it to be we want to be better and maybe it's for the wrong reasons and maybe it's for the right reasons. I think the fact that if you are trying to be better for yourself or even if in this moment you're trying to be better for someone else, meet yourself where you are. Meet yourself where you are. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I don't even want to be better right now. I just want to break. I just need to breathe. I just need to have a little bit of fun. You know, like I took this journey so seriously. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I could have taken it a little bit less seriously. And everything was going to be okay. And maybe that's a mantra that you use, right? Like everything is going to be okay. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be okay in a positive way. It's just going to be okay. Like it's just going to be okay. Right? And if there's something you don't even think is going to be okay, try to name that thing. What is not going to be okay? You know, because sometimes we can just think things like automatic thoughts, like it's not going to be okay. Or I'm not good enough. Okay, how come I'm not good enough? How come it's not going to be okay? What is the thing I'm worried about, right? And um, really pinpointing that so you can give your ego a little bit of a reassurance. Like, I get you're worried, right? I get that you're worried because of X, Y, Z. And so this is the thing you're worried about. Okay, right? Like, I used to worry so much about the future and all these things I had to pay for, right? And then when I really sat down and I was like, okay, what do I really have to pay for? today and tomorrow and the next day and all these things like what do i have to take care of okay is tomorrow taken care of is the next day taken care of if it's not taken care of what do i need to do to take care of it you know like what what do i need to do right and i stopped looking at like the next three months right and then overwhelm myself i just looked ahead like okay i have all these things for the month but i don't even need to worry about the whole month i need to worry about this week and this week, I have X, Y, Z. I need X, Y, Z, right? And then my ego, my mind, like my inner child, everything would just calm down. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool. I was worried about that, but now it's cool. My brain can just let it go, and I can take a breath, and I could just be here. And even if it meant, you know, I need X, Y, Z by tomorrow, even just knowing, okay, this is exactly what I need, you know, maybe that's a bath. Like, maybe you're like, you know what? I just need a bath. I just need a nap. I just need, I just need food. I just need a hot cup of tea. I just need coffee. I just need flowers. I just need to watch this funny movie. I just need to watch a sad movie. Give yourself what you need, right? Maybe you need to go on a walk. Maybe you need to write a letter. Maybe you need to talk to a friend. And so, I don't even know how long this episode is. Oh my god, it's an hour and 49 minutes. So, I'll probably break this up or keep it like this and just um, figure out how to get the other ones to be shorter because I was trying to do about 45 minutes each. Um, but I just went in and we'll just see who can listen or who listens to the end or who doesn't. But anyways... I will end it here. I thank you so much if you listen all the way to the end. I hope there was a part of you that sees yourself. And again, I hope that this came out, quote unquote, the right way for whoever listens. And it includes you. I send everyone so, so, so much love. And again, thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And just thank you.